0: easy money sniper Kevin Durant it's a clutch three at the end of a game in Utah for the Suns first in-season tournament victory ever in the history of the franchise Phoenix goes to Utah is now 500 after winning 131 to 128 they now sit Matthew with a record of six and six. Good game.
1: Crazy game. Yeah, beautiful. No defense. A, no defense. It's a uh it's a make or miss league Kevin Durant says. And he made a lot of fucking shots tonight. So <laughs> 38 points for the dude. Big shots. When they come down at the end, they they need a shot. I'm like, dude, they're only up by one. I'm like, here we go. Do I trust anybody to make a shot in this in this um situation? And KD comes through and the Suns, tournament style, win it. You know, just that court. It's I wanted to ask you really quick. Do you fire away you forget that it's the in-season tournament? Because I do the whole game, even with the court painted and everything, I still forget it. Is am I just am I just dumb?
0: Um, I think I remember because of the court and uh because there's a big fucking trophy of it right in the yeah, but I don't know.
1: I think I'm like used to the courts now, so then I'm just like I don't it's just not entering my mind when I'm watching games.
0: I don't know. uh, Maybe I'm the only one. No, I definitely... It comes and goes because, again, there's no weight to it. As you're watching this game, you're not sitting there analyzing it through the lens of the in-season tournament. You're analyzing it through the lens and the anxiety that comes with just a regular season game. A playoff game, you know, is a playoff game because every possession feels like it could be the first or could be the last. Whereas this, you're like, oh, and by the way, we've won an in-season tournament game. So I, I can understand where you're coming from from that aspect. But I definitely know that is a tournament game because of the courts, that's why they did that, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess Jeez. it just doesn't work for some of us, some Jeez. of us hillbilly folks.
0: It's it, it's lost on you, carnies, as they say. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 carnies out there in, in the yes. backwoods, uh, yeah, people have no idea um that season season tournament you were probably listening to it on the radio and hoping that john bloom would remind you multiple times as he kicked it to tim kempton that perhaps it was the in-season tournament but that's not the way it goes so uh but regardless of that fact a a very interesting phoenix suns game tonight as they play the first of two against the utah jazz they played them tonight in their you know quote unquote in-season tournament game and then they play them again on sunday so a lot of things to break down on this edition of the sun's jam session podcast. So thank you for your joining along live, uh, trying to get this thing to work on Instagram live. And I just don't think I, I think I swung and I missed again. One of these days I'm going to, we're going to stream this thing on, on the IG. All right. Okay. We're, we're finally going to get there, yeah. uh, but we're just not there yet because uh, even though it says we're live, I don't think that we are live unless I go ready and go live. Oh, I click that on that. See if this actually works. Um, yeah. I think it's going to start. I think we're live on Instagram Live for the first for the first time for the first time in the history of the Suns Jam Session podcast. I believe we are on Instagram Live. So if you're somebody who is an Instagram user, uh, pop onto Instagram, see if we're live. Oh, yep, it says that we're live on Instagram, making
1: history. The Suns make history, and we're making history tonight. And
0: we're making history right here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So wherever you absorb this content, what you whether you're watching along on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. On Twitch and now on Instagram Live. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to hang out with the Suns Jam Session podcast. If you're new to this podcast, my name is John. His name is Matthew. John and Matthew jam Suns Jam Session podcast. We go live after every single Phoenix Suns game uh, and then we post the audio later. So if you're an audio listener and you're listening to this tomorrow, if it's your Saturday, you're mowing the lawn, you're raking the leaves, and you're putting up Christmas lights and you're listening to the Suns Jam Session podcast. I tip my cap to you and Matthew blows you a kiss because we thank you for doing so plenty to talk about on this edition of the sun's jam session podcast. So as we do as tradition permits, we pop open some beers. I got a Coors banquet beer, uh, shout out to my, my buddy on Twitter, men, Kenny, he was drinking Coors banquet beers all night long. I'm like, you know what? Those just look so delicious. I'm going to have to pop one open right here, right now. And uh, let's talk about this son's victory over the Utah Jazz. Victory for your Phoenix Suns. We've pulled this one off. Go ahead, win the game. 131 to 128 in Utah. Which brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty. Mate. I've got to ask. I've got to ask. And this is a rudimentary question. We're going to get into the deep basketball stuff here momentarily. But... This was the in season tournament. This is when teams are wearing, wearing their city edition jerseys. The Suns are wearing the LVA shirts. I got them on right now with Easy Money yeah. Sniper, Kevin Durant.
1: What do you think of Utah's? You knew I was going to go there, right? You, you knew I was going to go As soon as the there. game started and I saw those, I knew this would be a question. What do I think of it? I think they're nice. Um, there was a pick on Twitter when they first came out and they were at the store. They're like, I think this team wins the best city edition unis out there in the NBA. I don't think that's true. I think the Suns, LVA is better. But I do like the 90s. I I think it's hard to pull off. I mean, it's easy to pull off the 90s looks now for any team when they bring it back. It is a little different. Uh, The mountain is a little different, right? It kind of comes down, doesn't go back up. It kind of comes down around the curves of the hips (laughs) of the players. So I still love it. I love the color scheme. I like the court. How I like that purple. I think it looks good. The whole thing looked good, even though the whole colored court didn't keep me updated on the in-season tournament for some reason. But I like what they do with that with those it's better than what we have here on the scoreboard with the the neon yellow and the black it's a little bit better than that right
0: yeah that uh highlighter yellow utah (laughs) jazz is kind of gross uh the one thing that i would say would make it look a little bit better is if the utah popped a little bit more uh but it just doesn't maybe that should have been highlighter yellow but just a random question I wanted to throw out there. You know, looking coming? at look, every time, every time, every time, looking at this game. Obviously, you know, again, Suns win one thirty-one to one twenty-eight. A lot of different things and, and metrics and and levers being pulled by Frank Vogel in this game because of the Bradley Beal situation. I don't want to lead off with the Bradley Beal situation. I think that's a, something that we can talk about at the back end of the podcast. Yeah. But I do want to talk a little bit. I mean, we have to start with the guy who sunk the shot, who looked unbelievably fantastic the entire time. That is easy money sniper. Who
2: the heck are you? I'm Kevin Durant.
1: You know who I am. Y'all know who I am.
2: Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything?
1: I'm one of the best players ever played a game.
0: Kevin Durant in this game, 38 points. He does so on 15 of 22 shooting efficient six of eight from beyond the arc he has nine assists he has nine rebounds he only has the one turnover and he only has two free throws shooting his first free throw Matthew with just 51 seconds left in the game talk about what you saw from Kevin Durant tonight
1: well when I first saw you know it's it's his first free throw I was like well what the heck refs come on we need to get You know, him to the line a little bit more. But tonight was kind of just finesse. Just him hitting crazy shots from three. Um, Wide open in the beginning, right? The corner threes here or there throughout the game. Crazy to see. Usually he has three guys, two guys all over him. But he had some wide open threes. He bailed out Booker, I feel like, in the third quarter. When Booker kind of, when he got blocked, he wasn't really the same player offensively. He did have the 15 assists. But shooting-wise, it just wasn't there. Something was a little off after. But Katie was just like, here, just passing the ball. Here. I'll I'll just drain this for you. Then he gets a silent nine rebounds and nine assists, of course. that always just comes along with every Kevin Durant stat line. It's, again, a great night by him, right? But this was just like the finishing move by him this season. He finished the game off for the Suns. I don't think we've really seen that yet with him hitting a big shot like this tonight. Because I feel like in the past, you kind of felt like the Suns would lose, lose this game, right? When I'm writing the game for Brightside, I have them winning. Entering mm-hmm. the fourth quarter, everything's written out that they that they're gonna win. But when the it gets close to the fourth, the
0: narrative. Yeah, when
1: it gets close, to, when it gets close to the fourth quarter or to the end of the fourth quarter, and I see like you know like these these tip balls underneath the the basket where the Suns can't get them, or there's a foul called and it goes Utah's way. I'm like, this is not gonna end right for the Suns. Up by one, Katie hits the big three. I'm like, dude, this was like obviously I feel like his best game as a son. From the beginning to the end, there was a stretch there in the fourth quarter when he came back out, um, when Book was out and he was just in with the offense where it kind of fell flat Mm
2: -hmm. a little bit, but
1: then Book came back in and picked things up. Um, Other than that, though, it was a great game by him, obviously, but I think the best game he's had as a son so far.
0: Yeah, the only other time I remember him hitting a shot like this is the one that we, ha- uh, the highlight that we have in his drop when he hit that game winner against the Mavericks over, yes. and, and you know, and then first Luka game, Doncic. Right? Yeah, it was uh, his his first or second first game. home
1: game. Okay, yeah.
0: Uh, it was and I yeah and I think it was actually away. Um, you're, it's actually second game in away. You're like first and home. Like no, I'm second confused and away. confused guy over here
1: in season tournament.
0: what's what's that thing uh but again to your point seeing uh, as per usual you know my the fanboy in me who loves kevin durant seeing what he does tonight the the different ways in which he was scoring and you're right the spacing was ridiculous i mean he hasn't had that much space since he was standing all alone on the side watching a drake concert because outside of that there's people just always around this guy he's always talking to somebody or have has defenders in his shorts trying to defend him. And due to the gravity of Devin Booker penetrating and popping, Kevin Durant sitting out there. He's like, oh, not only does he have time to like get it and like look at the seams and take a step back, he, he's got time to line it up and just knock it down. And the last possession of the game that mattered, if you will, the one that was the dagger in the side of the Utah Jazz tonight was a play where the Suns had something drawn up and it fell apart. And they were, they had a one point lead and it fell apart. And Devin Booker just kind of dished it out to KD. KD took a dribble up and two feet behind the three point line, calmly knocked down the three pointer. Uh, he was doing there, there was a play early in the game where he like double bumped, um, John Collins right in the chest and then did like a dirk fadeaway. I mean, he didn't miss in this game. I'll talk about it a little bit later as I was doing the subreddit stakeout for this game, but I mean even the Utah Jazz fans were just just in awe of what KD was doing in the first quarter, 4 for 4 from the field, including 2 of 2 from beyond the arc, 10 points. In the second quarter, 6 of 7 from the field, 14 points. He added another two 3-pointers there. Uh, And so for the first half alone, he was 10 of 11 from the field. He had 24 points. He had six rebounds. He had five assists go into the third quarter. And he's only two of five, you know, a mundane four points. But that fourth quarter, three, six from the field, including two, three pointers, scores 10 points in the fourth. Uh, A lot of, uh, of different ways and approaches to score. And there's definitely a drop off at times when he, when he sits down, I mean, when he first exit the game, boom, jazz going to 12, seven run exits the game again, boom, another run by the jazz. He's so unbelievably important thus far to the Suns through their first 12 games.
1: Yeah. And it, it, it's kind of one of those things where you, you're like, okay, when Bill gets back, this is going to be just an explosion all over the place. Offensively. I think you saw it in the first quarter, how good this team could look with just those two guys hitting on all cylinders before um, the Devin Booker block or by marketing. It was just, it was insane how open these guys were and you had all the guys around them kind of filling the lanes, getting to the rim if they wanted to hitting wide open shots. Um, But it's just the ball movement, man. It's, it's something that you always watch when it's just KD in there, how the offense is going to look without Booker in there, because with the 15 assists, I, I like how I keep talking about Booker before we even talk about Booker, <laughs> but with the 15 assists, you know, he's going the ball around, right? He's mm-hmm. our point guard, obviously, but KD just has a hard time sometimes of moving the ball around, having guys cut, have them move, have them help him out when he's triple teamed or double teamed. You saw just for a little bit, a couple plays here or there, but it they, they started moving again and they were like, all right, we're doing what we're doing in the games before we got to pick it back up. We got to help this guy out. And they did. And, but sometimes KD will be like a little bit selfish with the ball and get his shots, but why not, man? I mean, he was just abusing the smaller guys in the paint. Most of the game, um, especially early on in the game, yeah. Anytime there was anybody on him that was tiny, yeah. Colin would Sexton go right over him, yeah. Colin Sexton, yep, exactly. Yeah,
0: they were navigating their switches, and the Utah Jazz are not what you would define as a good defensive team. Coming into this game, the Suns knew that uh, they have the most turnovers in the game. So, I mean, if you want to talk about a team that is frustrated about with turnovers, you know, look no further than the Utah Jazz. But you look at their offensive and defensive ratings, you know, on a defensive standpoint, they give up the 26th most points per game in the league. Uh, A defensive rating, they're 28th out of 30. So this is a team that doesn't really have great defensive prowess and great defensive rotations. Uh, But unfortunately tonight, the same could be said for the Phoenix Suns, which brings me to probably everybody's favorite drop and that's the Frank Vogel drop.
2: Franky. Frankie, 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 Frank, Frankie, Frank, Frankie
0: Vogel. Frankie Vogel. Frankie Vogel. Frankie Frank Vogel, this is a defensive team, right? I mean the Phoenix Suns, it's Frank Vogel. And he's somebody who has taken two different teams to uh, uh, the promised land as it relates to being good on defense. And I understand the lack of chemistry and whatnot, but entering this game, the Suns are 16th in opposing points per game. The Suns are 17th in defensive rating. They're a team that's 26th in causing turnovers in this league. They're just not a great defensive team what's going on? Like, this is a team we should have blown out. We gave up 128 points. It's like in the first quarter, the sun score 41 points against the jazz, but in the same breath, they give up 38. They give up 37 in the second. You can't do that. You can't do that. What's
1: up, Frankie, Frankie Valley. I don't know. I'll go a different way. I kind of like, um, I think they were picking on Booker in the second. I really think like, Oh, here we go again, bringing up the dunk, but there was just something like, he was just kind of like, fuck, like, he was letting himself down in that second quarter but they were picking on booker a lot it felt like they were getting everything they wanted against him shooting every shot every shot that was basically just going over his head was synced on the other side into the net and that was like basically the whole second quarter i think when you just go up against a team like this that's just that's just hot you can see like rotations you know they weren't they weren't closing out i guess but i'm gonna go i'm gonna say it again kevin durant says it's a make or miss league when you're missing, it looks ugly. When you're making it, everything looks great, and you're uh-huh. blaming the defense. I didn't see too much tonight, and Jamsters, you probably say I'm wrong. To where it's just like this was bad defense. Of course, getting to the lane—that's always going to be something. The back cuts, what other teams can do against us in the lane, getting there as quick as they can to right into the shot clock to really just you know blow right by us. That happens all the time. The three-point shot, though, they were just so hot from it. I yeah. mean, Keontae uh, George was just. He was on fire and he was just hitting him right in book's face in that quarter and whatever you want to throw at him, it's fine. You can try to double team these guys if you want, but who are you going to double team, right? Like on this Utah jazz team, like who like Clarkson or who are you going to double team? So you kind of just stay home with it. Unless did you see them kind of just lagging a little bit on rotations? I didn't see it too much, but I just thought the jazz got hot and they couldn't
0: miss. They they did, but they weren't contested shots again. And I think that's been my challenge thus far with the Phoenix Suns early this season is they do overcommit, and they're still trying to work out the communication on the back end defensive side. So you have the point of attack defender and what he'll do is he'll he'll stay on his guy. But the weak side defender or will sag and every time they sag the uh, the opposing teams are taking advantage of ha- of it and they have. Through the first twelve games of the season, and that's the challenge that the Suns are facing right now is just one learning how to trust each other. Like if you have Eric Gordon, and he's he has a defender who's going by him for some reason, you're going to have on the backside Grayson Allen sagging off, and when he does that, he's leaving Jordan Clarkson, and he's wide open, and it's like you just can't do that. That's some th- those are those are sets defensively and mentalities and methodologies that the Phoenix Suns had back when Booker was in his second and third year, and they were giving up 128 points and losing because they didn't have the offense to match that. So it's obviously a work in progress. The last thing, in my opinion, the last thing that's going to come around and be effective as this team learns to play together is always the defense because that's the hardest thing. This is a scoring league. This is a, a league in which teams can get hot from beyond the arc like the Jazz did. Uh, The nice thing again for the Suns is the fact that the Jazz blew their shot tonight, shot 44% from beyond the arc, 44%. They were 14 or I'm sorry, 16 of 36 and shot 50% from the field. You take a look at Utah this season. They haven't played that good in one game and the Suns still won. And that's, that's huge. So obviously it's an area of concern because we can consistently see Lack of effective defensive rotations. But I do give Frank Vogel credit because he did decide at the back end of the third, in the beginning of the fourth, to run out of rotation that included Devin Booker. But he had Drew Eubanks, Nasir Little, Jordan Goodwin, and KBD out there. And that was more of a defensive clap, clamp down kind of lineup. It's going to be really interesting to look at the numbers and see how they performed as a lineup. It's one I, I've bookmarked and I want to take a look at uh, when the NBA. Puts out those statistics, but I think that that could be a little wrinkle within the wrinkle relative to defense that we could see because it did slow down that attack at the back end of the third and the beginning of the fourth. So Kevin Durant could have spent some time on the bench, which is much needed.
1: Yeah. yeah, and also they hit some wide open threes, too. I mean, some random threes little comes in, hits a three. Eubanks hits a three. Good one has two good look shot looking shots and he hits the second one. Um, so that definitely helped that spurt, too. But you can see, like when you put in guys like Little, where they can just kind of come in, just like, "Oh, I get some minutes, all right." So I got to make the best as I can out of these minutes. And he definitely did. I think that um, there's a question really kind of floating around there. Well, maybe just in my head, but also saw a okay. page mentioned like the Marcus Smart thing. Guys like that that you might want to bring in defensively, just because the Okogie thing. Goodwin's still pretty solid, but him and Okogie are not like the duo we thought they would be, right? Not yet. Big defensive plays, not yet. So I don't know if you just, you, you focus on a guy like smart, focus on a better defender to bring in here like Caruso or something to just like tighten up, just to know like you have that lockdown dude that can really, really change a game when he comes in and just, you know, he can make a difference like a Caruso or smart because these other two guys are just not doing it. And if it's going to continue this way defensively, when we know we have Nurk at the center position and we have Eubanks they're not the best, but it's like, what else could we do on the perimeter? So I don't know. A lot of questions, obviously. When you have a high-powered offense, like they always project mm-hmm. to start the season, so the Suns are just going to outscore every team. We're like, no, no, our defense will be fine. No, it's just like, well, I don't know. And even with Beale being back here, it wouldn't make a difference, I don't think, right now.
0: Well, and that brings us to Josh go. <laughs> <Hey,
2: Joe. laughs>
0: Shout out to some of the Jamsters uh, who are watching along live. I see some good comments and some good conversation happening in there, and part of it is about Josh Akogi. Uh, yeah. Steve Haller, you know, Kogi was negative 14 plus minus again. I mean, you take a look at the, the entire team, and the worst plus minus easily was Josh Kogi, and he only played in 13 minutes, Matthew. Uh, Huevo says, yeah, Kogi has played himself himself out of the lineup just about do you agree with that
1: yeah I think it's getting close I think you still have to put him in there I mean last game he hit some big threes he plays some pretty good defense but then again this is what we're gonna do all season long with him I think it's just gonna be one game after the other one every other game where he's gonna have that really stellar defensive game where it might change a few things here or there to help his team you know regain the lead regain momentum that would be him and we expect that but Games like this, it just sticks out so bad. His bad games are just so much worse than his better games, right? Yeah. That's the worst part of watching this. And I think when he comes in, how many fouls? He had two fouls. But Mm -hmm. when he's trying to get in there, trying to make a play, and the ref calls a foul, he's just like, damn, like that wasn't a foul. Like He kind of just – I feel like he just is like, well, I don't know what I can get away with in this game, right? He can't make a difference on other plays. And when he's in there with just KD and trying to help KD out, He's just falling underneath the basket. It just looks like a mess out there. This is difficult because Okogi is still one of my favorite players. Me too. And he kind of just, he fell off. And Mm -hmm. I want to see when the team is at full strength, I guess. But I still, I think if you have Booker and KD in there, a top three duo or whatever in the NBA, whatever, I don't know. They're up there, right? Obviously. Mm -hmm. I just think that he can definitely have those really great defensive games. Be like, yeah, solid player. The beginning of the season, Even announcers from the other teams are talking about Okoji and talking about how great he is. It's just not there right now, so I don't know what you think, man.
0: Yeah, the challenge with Okoji is he's, he's playing himself out of these minutes with his lack of production, and I know that as a Suns fan, he's a fan favorite, but you have to think of the J.O. story, that at the front end of last season, he barely played because he couldn't shoot. He had the defensive mentality, but he really couldn't shoot. And the only reason that we got to know who Josh Akogi was, was because of injuries and opportunity. And he took advantage of those kudos to him. But ultimately, if you look at his production on a long enough timeline, he is a a nonstop defender. I mean, his Instagram and, and Twitter handles call me nonstop. So he is a nonstop high energy guy. Doesn't bring a lot of offense. And unfortunately for him, the defense has been sagging this year as well. He's having a hard time kind of finding his place. They put him on, a different opposing uh, fireball shooters, and he's not locking them down. You know, he played on Jordan Clarkson, wasn't really doing a good job. Uh, the last game, God, who did they put him on last game? I think they put him on. maybe It was two games ago because Anthony Edwards. I don't think he played much against Anthony Edwards. Uh, who did we? Who did we lose to two games ago? Oh, the lost, thunder, right? The thunder, yeah. He couldn't shop stop SGA. Couldn't it? they brought him in specifically for that, and SGA just cooked him. And unfortunately, yeah. that's um, yeah. that's kind of the trend right now. Um, and I like what Jam says, and this is a good point. Like, a is going to be traded. Akogi, even though he's on a veteran minimum with a player option next year, he is somebody, due to the intangibles that he does possess, could be valuable if you throw him in a trade that includes, like, a Nasir Little or a Grayson Allen, one of those higher contracts. Uh, but if it isn't a seer, little and a Kogi, you're selling that to a team like, hey, you need a couple, you know, hustle guys, defender guys, make this happen. In return, we get something because this is the last year because we're a second apron team. This is the last season that the Phoenix Suns can actually stack contracts and get something back. Next year, if we're second apron team, it has to be one for one in any trade. So, again, not a great uh, contract to trade, but a great uh mentality that he possesses Melissa Moore says I still have faith in J- Jo and I do too again this is one of those things where it's going to take some time and it's going to take some uh some production from him ultimately and it's it was it was kind of rough again tonight yeah.
1: yeah and uh I did text my nephew Hayden he was like Kogi twice you know ah, he's terrible yeah and I did text him back say I think he's gonna be traded and the only reason I say that and I love Jo and I believe in him too it's because of Ishbia. Like, if this team's not hitting on all cylinders, and he wants to make sure that the Lakers or any other contender doesn't, they don't get Caruso or Marcus Smart, because Marcus Smart is probably gonna be moved. I know he's like he's out two weeks or something with like an ankle thing, but he's upset. He doesn't want to be there in Memphis right now. Those two guys, Suns might want to go grab one of them, and Kogi yeah, might. Yeah, they can't afford it. Trade.
0: They can't afford it. I. It, it won't fair. happen. I wrote a whole piece on bright side of the sun because the first time that we've had an opportunity to kind of dissect, what would it take to go get Alex Caruso? For example, the guy makes 9 million, 9.5 million. So it's not a horrible contract, but what are you giving up? We don't have a lot to give up. If you're trying with the second apron team, you have to get within 10% of that contract. You could do grease and Allen for Caruso straight up question. Would you do that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I would. Uh, No, maybe if you want to stack contracts, you can't attach enough assets to those contracts to interest the Bulls because the Bulls, if they're getting rid of Caruso, they're in blow it up mode and there's no way that they're like, yeah, OK, we'll take Nasir Little, Josh Kogi, and three and three second round picks six years from now. The Suns just don't have enough ammo in the gun when you take a look at what other teams could offer them for Caruso. Period! Exclamation point. That's just unfortunately the the way it's going to be. So there's some great names out there that the Suns could potentially pursue, but we just don't have enough ammo in the gun to get one of those mid-level type players to Phoenix. If you want to trade a Nurkic, who's a $16 million deal, knowing that he got Drew Eubanks, that might be a different story, but now you're depleting some of your your big depth. And I don't know if that's something that you necessarily want to do or or that's a path you want to go down. Would you?
1: Yeah, so that's the thing. It, It would be like a Nurk involved in the trade and i don't know how long you want to wait for Nurk to get i mean Nurk looked fine and he had four turnovers or whatever but i just think that if you're going to get someone like a marcus smart a lockdown defender and you have to throw Nurk in there and you have eubanks as your starter and you can get somebody else as your backup center maybe that's something you look at but i just think you have to give it more time obviously uh it's funny after when we're doing this but just you know the defense is key for this team because we know what we have offensively that's why these questions are going to come up Games like this where you just know like if the other team like the Jazz team who's pretty stinky this year, you know, they're not that good and you just are scared that they're going to make every fucking bucket. That's not good, right? You want to make sure that you know this Suns team has that lockdown defender to make a difference and they're out there. So it just depends what you want to give up. And the way Eubanks has looked and how much KD and Book love this guy, if that's a situation where he can start at the center position for the Suns, then you look to move Nurk for one of those two guys, I feel like. And it wouldn't be to the Bulls, it would be like to Memphis because of Steven Adams being out. That's that's it true. makes more sense, right? Yeah, and that's you wouldn't what want to Flex trade did him. mention So all goes to him on this. It was just talked about. It wasn't confirmed, but he's he's like he always says, he's like, I'm not gonna talk about it if it really isn't up in the air and talked about. So I'm a big, I'm a big favor of that. I like Nurk, I do, but if you're gonna get a guy like Marcus Smart back, I would do it.
0: Yeah, but I don't want to deplete our interior depth because I think that that's something that's valuable. And the way the, Eubanks can be Eubanks because he has that shield that is Nurk, in my opinion. But I mean, we could always we could always talk. You want to do Nurkic Watch or do you want to do Eubanks? you your call. Let's do uh, Eubanks. I like the guy. Oh, I clicked the wrong thing. I just changed, <laughs> I just changed the header. I didn't actually. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> big crank Eubanks.
0: Crank that soul. No, I mean you. Crank that soul. No, I mean you. Crank that soul. No, I mean you. I mean you that soul. No, what? points. I'm sorry, 21 minutes, 11 points for Drew Eubanks. Hit another three-pointer tonight. Five for five from the field, four rebounds. He does, due to his production and his connectivity with both Booker and with Durant, he is somebody uh, who can at least make you start to think, hmm, Maybe could we get rid of Nurkic? That's what I had in my notes. But I will say this if you don't love Drew Eubanks, fuck you.
1: Yes. Same ditto. Twice. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ditto on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So you're saying he kind of, you know, has a shield of Nurk. For me, though, I think Eubanks can take that next step. I think he can be that guy who can be a starter. I think he's ready for it. Um He's just he's better than the the guys we had last year and Jock and Bismack. If you get another big center or long defending center out there, whoever it is, Bismack was kind of thrown out there. He he is playing for Memphis right now. So if that That's happens, then true. yes, I want you banks to start. Um I do like Nurk. I just think that. Eubanks flows so much and you can just tell those entry passes to him are so quick. And they did it to Nurk too, where they threw it over. You know, he would run into the paint. They would just kind of throw it to him like a wide receiver in the back of the end zone. And he would just gotta go tip it to himself and grab it. But Eubanks is the one that will finish those plays, draw contact. Um, you know, and Nurk, I'll talk about him a little bit what he did, but Eubanks is just a guy that the three-point shot, nothing but net, just a swoosh. It looks so fucking great. It's crazy how good his three-point shot looks, but it's not just that. I think it's just the the confidence he has from Book and KD, and I still like Nurk. I do, I do. But I'm just saying with the defender thing, we might need that. But Eubanks is, I think he's ready to step into that role. I just think it's too soon, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he, when the time comes, if it has to happen, push, push a shove, and the Suns have to make a trade for somebody else, I would trust Drew Eubanks as our starting center.
0: Yeah, it's still, in my opinion, still too early to sell, but to tell. But the early returns have been fantastic for drew eubanks and i knew he'd be somebody who would mesh well and that we would love his fans because he is uh kind of the complete package as a backup center moving him into the starting center role you might get your wish because at some point nurk will miss time he just always does and then we'll see what drew eubanks is as a starting center and then we'll see what it does to our rotations and if anybody wants to sit there and say well yeah you got eubanks and then Chimetsi Metu can come in. Like, that's great. That's in theory. But I just don't know if that's sustainable over the long haul and a long period of time because I think that, you know, Nurk is what he is. And I think that if we're going to talk Nurk, we might as well uh, Nurkish watch him. But you know what? I'm going to Nurkalicious him tonight.
1: Nurkalicious definition, make them boys go crazy. Oh. He earned
0: it tonight. 23 minutes played. And he scored 15 points, seven of seven from the free throw line. So he was forcing the issue at the rim. No Walker Kessler for the jazz. So he takes advantage of that. Um, He ends up going four of seven from the field, seven rebounds, four assists. Uh, Did have the four turnovers, unfortunately. And I know that you wrote a piece about him that came out on Brightside this morning talking about how like, hey, if he continues no turnovers, you know, that's a good thing for him. Comes out, has four turnovers. So he read your piece. He's like, fuck you. Uh, he's like I, I, I. He's like I don't love Drew Eubanks, and that's you know, so fuck him. But I do think that ultimately his role that makes him better than Drew Eubanks in this system is he's a better passer, and you're going to need that on a team that you know, quote unquote, doesn't have a point guard, which we'll talk about momentarily. But you need as many playmakers as possible, and I like what I saw from Nurkic tonight. I'm excited to see what we see from Nurkic again when we play the Jazz again on Sunday, because Walker Kessler once again won't be there. And I think that he put together a lot of good things on film that the Suns coaches, while they're hanging around in Utah, drinking a bunch of near beer, you know, they're a bunch of 3% beer up there. Like, well, we're not getting drunk, so we might as well drop some plays for Nurk.
1: (laughs) You see that, like, um, those little passes I talked about to the entry entry passes that they do to Eubanks, I feel like they're like, Nurk's like standing over in the corner. He's like, hey, like, you could do that to me too. Like, I can go grab him. And he did tonight. Um, but the best part of the night has to be that fast break by him, right? Katie gets the ball, pushes up to Nurk. He just slows it the fuck down. Ke- Kenyon George, a uh, carry on George. My bad. I keep messing his name up. Key on Yeah, Key George. He like, it's like he like dropped his phone or whatever at the free throw <laughs> line and just like, he like, had to pick it up, be like, All right, hold on, I gotta finish this play really quick. And he's like, On the phone, <laughs> it's just like the weirdest, I've never seen that before in my life. Um, but yeah, sorry, I butchered his name, but yeah, that that play was uh a little brilliant from Nurkic, but um, he he fits in there now. The four turnovers, yes, um, but I think with the offense looking the way it does, when you see like him, Booker, and KD kind of running just a three man game with the pick and rolls at the top of the key and stuff, it's nice to watch, dude. Like, when it hits on all cylinders, it's very, very beautiful. He's definitely a filler at a point guard position for us, too, when Booker's out, and it's just him and KD. So, I don't know. I, I, I like his game a lot. I just, um, he's I just think
0: with Nurk, some position, possessions, he looks great. Others, just not. And I guess at the end of the day, you get what you pay for because he's a $16 million a year center. Like, that's what you yeah. get from a center in the NBA who's 16 mil. Like, in the past, we would sit and we would take a look uh, at – what DeAndre Ayton was making. I don't know if you remember that guy, uh, but we used to have a guy who played for the Phoenix Suns and his name was DeAndre Ayton and he was a max center. And so you would sit there and uh, you'd look at his contract and then you'd compare that contract to people at the same position and you'd be like, well, hold on, you know, he's not that good. He's not that good. He's not that good. If you go and you look at what NERC is making, all right, and if you're just looking at, like the average annual value, right? As it relates to centers in the league, he is the 12th highest paid center. These are the three guys who are paid more than him, and these are the three guys that are paid less than him, okay? Three guys more than him. Right above him, Jakob Pertl Right above him, Nikolai Vucevic. Right above him, Jared Allen. Jared Allen makes about $2.5 million more a year than Yusuf Nurkic. Right below him, Zach Collins. Right below him, Onyeke and Kongwu from Atlanta, and right below him, below him, Jonas Valanciunas, Mitchell Robinson. So he's kind of right where he should be. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna get, and every one of those guys, you're like, yeah, I like what this guy does, but meh, that's that's who he is. That's that's what he is is gonna be. And we're not gonna ever sit here. We will sit here and 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 talk about the great things that he does. Like it was a positive night tonight, and we'll talk about the bad things that he does. And you just don't get overly uh, frustrated because he's not making the max money like uh, he who now plays in Portland does.
1: Yeah, his defensive rating two out of the centers. I guess he's six right now. Before mm-hmm. this game, he's six, which isn't um, bad. No, it's not bad. And then assists two per game. It's it's kind of crazy, man. He's fifth right now.
0: Yeah, but look and, at his points. <laughs> no, I know. It, yeah,
1: but that's the <laughs> which thing. Which is like, okay. That's, that's we don't want that, right? He's 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 a better um, he's a better Sarich. I think that's what
0: he is. I think that's. I think that's very well yeah. said. I think he's a, he's a an upgraded Sarch. Although Sarch can hit the three a little bit more, he's been raking threes up in Golden State this week. Uh
2: this guy. Big Dick Booker.
0: I know it took me a long time to talk about him, but you mentioned him like seven times already, so I thought I'd wait a little bit till we get to (laughs) Big Dick Booker. But returns, plays 32 minutes, goes 7 of 15 from the field, including 2 of 3 from beyond the arc and 8 of 10 from the free throw line. 24 points, 15 assists for Devin Armani Booker. A career-high 15 assists for Devin Booker. Uh, And did you see the cutoff shirt tonight, Matthew?
1: I did. I did notice it. And uh, cut off you know,
0: shirt and a headband. That's his look this year. It's fucking gangster.
1: Should his headband be the sleeve though, from the cutoff shirt? Because that used to be a thing too. You cut off your sleeve and you wear it as a he headband. Should. Yeah, just fold I'm it down. Pretty down a sure he times. tried that. They're like, nah, you're not going to do that. But I just can't wait to go back to the gym and everyone's going to have their cutoff sleeves again because I don't see that anymore. But now it's going to be a thing here in Phoenix. I'm you know who sure. always
0: wears cut off sleeves, right?
1: Uh, Hulk Hogan. Me. You do. <laughs> All the time when I'm at home, I, I have like oh, so I never see you in your rag clothes or anything like that. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I'm like Mac from It's Always Sunny. I'm always, rocking off the <laughs> yeah, I should have
1: said Mac hanging no, up in the rafters, dude. We yeah. have to when Booker retires hang up in the rafters, <laughs> hang up his cutoff teeth. <laughs> yes. oh,
0: oh man, dude. what'd you see from Devin Booker tonight, man?
1: Um, you know, I'm not even gonna talk about that block shot because I already brought it up. I um, know,
0: like, that's the worst part of the, what Laurie Marketing, i sending him to, back to.
1: That changed the momentum. That was huge. It did. It was not the same Booker for a while till the end of, eh, till the third quarter he came back. But it doesn't matter. Like, he didn't have a shot. He still had the 15 assists. I was actually worried Booker got hurt on that. Like, he hurt his arm. Me too. It looked pretty dangerous. And when he wasn't making a shot, even the layup towards the end of the half, where he missed it point blank, it did not get fouled. I was like, something's off with his arm.
0: They called the foul, though. It was nice. They called the
1: foul. But the guy didn't touch him, and he still missed it. I've never seen him miss a layup like that. So I was a little worried. Um, the way that Booker kind of just finished this game off by you know that stretch where he hit Eubanks and he hit freaking uh, he hit um, Goodwin and he also hit uh, who else did he hit for the three and that one the big spurt it was um, nine points in a row, dude. And he hit, he hit
0: Eubanks, right? Eubanks. It was Eubanks, Goodwin.
1: Goodwin, and then there was somebody else he hit. Was it Eric Gordon? Or I don't I think
0: I think I think it was Eric Gordon.
1: Yeah, I said it earlier and I already forgot. So. When he was doing that, I was like, okay, so the shots aren't going down. He's not going to force it. He's not the old book where he's going to get his. He has beef with his team, so he wants to make sure that you know he looks good out there. After being a little disrespected earlier with the block, he wants to get his. No, he's going set to set up his teammates and trust them. That's the one thing he earned this year or did learn this year is the trust. It's like, what can he improve on every year? He's trusting his teammates even more, and – Eubanks talked about it before, and I love the guy Eubanks, right? I bring him up anytime I can to talk about him, and I'm going to right now. He brought up in the press conference a couple games ago that the stars on the team, he kind of said, like, they need to start sharing the ball more towards the end of the games. You saw that more from Booker and KD, but Booker continues to do that, and that's my favorite part of his game right now. But he also hits some deadly shots in the end as well in the fourth quarter. found himself again, and you can count on Book to do that. Um... I don't see any anybody else on this team stepping up to be a point guard other than Devin Booker. So if he doesn't want it, who cares? He's our point guard. Fifteen assists, dude. <laughs> Fucking Steve Nash out there, right?
0: Yeah, I mean it was a fantastic watch, and I want to tell everybody. Remember playoff Booker last year? Like he's he's still here. Like that was his level up, and he's riding that out. Uh, Nine assists in the first half, which was a career high. And his assist to turnover ratio was 15 to one in this game. And that's what's important. He had 15 points or assists. He had one turnover. Yeah. So vital to the success of this team. Their last game, they had nine turnovers as a team. That was their season low. They had eight tonight. That's huge. And when Booker, that just shows you the stabilizing force that Devin Booker is means there's more structure, there's more uh, spacing, and there's more opportunities for people to be set up and score because 15 assists does not happen unless your teammates are hitting their shots. It would have been 16 assists, but Kevin Durant missed a fucking layup. Uh, it was like the guy couldn't miss he anything. There. He just was like, like, how the fuck did I miss that? He just, It's like he froze. Yeah. He was buffering for like 10 seconds. He was buffering. But 15 to 1 on the assist to turnover ratio from Devin Booker. Again, elite basketball. And it's something that uh, this team desperately needed. And he stepped up and performed in this game. Uh, absolutely huge. Obviously, um, it's time to shift gears just a little she bit. She
2: said, You're not the only one, but show the best, Bradley. Boom, boom,
0: The news came out today Bradley Beal will be reevaluated in three weeks for a lower back strain. Frank Vogel said, "Listen, we're tired of doing the day-to-day things, seeing if he's good, practicing him, working him out, seeing how the back feels. We're going to give him 3 weeks off, which is going to essentially equate to if you include tonight, 11 games off for Bradley Beal before he even gets reevaluated." Uh, what are your thoughts on Bradley Beal uh, not being out there and with this injury?
1: Um, I expected it. Just because, you know, the way he was looking out there, it wasn't very healthy. You don't want him back too early. And it's kind of nice just to know, like, all right, we don't have to wait and see if this team's going to be together. Let's just push it back. It is totally a fucking Suns thing, right? All these things that happen, it's just a Suns thing. So I think we're just kind of numb to it by now. And we'll do with what we have. What we have is Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And that's fine. As long as those guys can stay healthy, we can pull away a few of these victories. I feel like more than that until he gets back, obviously. But the thing is, is like I know he's gonna be reevaluated. I just don't know how much it's gonna help his back, dude. I that's just how I feel. I just I feel like this thing is gonna linger till the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um give him his rest, that's fine, but I don't think it's a cure. And that's fine. I don't there's a lot of trade talks about hey, we should trade him and stuff like that. And I mentioned it. He's a like, no
0: trade clause guy. Yeah, you I'm like, talk you about can't, it all you want, I It ain't know, you, fucking happening.
1: Yeah, I know. You can't trade him, obviously. I know that. But I'm just saying, though, that's what's going to come out of the fans' mouths. And I just what you're going to do with Bradley Beal right now is put him in the backseat. Yep. Forget about him. All right? Just forget about him. Go forward with this team. And who else we can trade? Who else do you want to trade? Just Bradley Beal, you can't right now.
0: I'll say this. I support the decision to just shut him down because emotionally as a fan, I just can't take it the day to day, but is he going to play? Is the big three happening? And they're like, no, right? Oh, okay. Tomorrow is it happening? Oh, like there's like, listen, you're not going to see him for at least three weeks. Okay, cool. Uh, that's just the way it goes. And, And listen, everybody out there, take your laps, bitch. Like moan. You, you, you take your laps. And uh, for everybody who's, you know, the sons are going to be injured. Bradley Beal is a horrible acquisition. He's always injured. Go ahead. Take your laps, you know, bitch and moan about it. But ultimately, you have to accept it and you have to move on, right? Ask yourself this as you, whoever's listening or watching this, ask yourself this. Am I somebody who focuses on the problem or do I focus on the solution? okay. The problem is he's injured and he's often injured. Yeah, you can bitch and moan about the problem all day, or you can be the person who's like, listen, that's the problem. What's the solution? Well, the solution is three weeks rest. Okay, and know that every team is dealing with something. We just play the jazz, right? Walker Kessler's out. Like, are you watching basketball this year? Every team has somebody out. Marcus Smart's out. John Morant's out for his own, uh, for, for you know, his, due to what he does. Uh, Christoph Porzingis is having issues. In Boston, like, uh, Steph Curry is going to be out for, you know, some time. Draymond, Ge- Dr- Draymond Green is throwing himself out, out of games. But every team deals with this every year. Like, have you ever watched basketball? This happens every fucking year. Did you watch the Suns last year? Like, shit, we got Kevin Durant. He tweaked his ankle. Like, we just never saw him for the fucking it's – just, It's just the way it goes. So either sit around and cry about it. And I see a lot of people crying about it. And it's just like, okay, be solution-based. That's all I got to say on Bradley Beal.
1: No, that's perfectly put. And the thing is, is like, as this motorcycle goes by. Was that Bradley Beal? I don't Beal? know. Yeah, he's just riding off to the sunset, avoiding uh, dude, all the Dude, Riding motorcycles is
2: bad for your lower back. It's bad back.
1: for your back, especially if you've got yes. a big mamacita on the back, dude. It's a little oh, bad. big and, time. Yeah, that's not good. Um, but my point is, Bradley Beal, injured. What are you going to do? Nothing. That's it.
0: Bitch or move on, okay? Just move on but it brings to like a question you know what do you think about Frankie Valley starting Grayson and Gordon it's the second consecutive game he's done so in the past he either had with Booker playing it was uh Grayson Allen and then it was Josh Kogi or that was it because I mean Booker was only played a couple games interesting that he's going with both those guys what do you think of that and and is it the right move
1: yeah i think it's good i like it and the reason is i think um when you have Allen playing with those two guys and kevin duran booker the lanes just open there's a lot of watching and what we learned from Grayson Allen this year is that he can hit those little pockets those little um you know just little alleyways to the to the rim and he just he excels there he really does gordon not so much gordon's gonna be a better shooter i feel like when he is starting there's just something there so leave him in the starting lineup. I don't know. Is there someone else that you would rather have in the spots? But I would say keep Grayson Allen for sure. Because I think he yeah. does really well with the starters. Keep him there. He's so comfortable, and he can do whatever he wants offensively. And he's just more explosive than we ever thought.
0: No, I, I think it's the right move because they're 2-0 since they've done it. So who am I to say? But it, it seems to be working. You have quality shooters out there. That's why the Suns in the last two games come out and they just boat race the competition because you have Booker, you have Kevin Durant, you got Nurkic who can facilitate a little bit and score on the interior. When you have guys who are undersized and then you got two really good shooters around them. You don't have like one good shooter. And then like a Kogi who might hit one or one good shoot, one good shooter and KBD who's more of a defensive guy. So I think that it's a, it's a quality move and a smart move by Frank Vogel And then again, it's not necessarily who you start with, it's who you finish with. So, I kind of like those those rotations so far. Uh, I was hanging out on the subreddit stakeout, hanging out up in Utah, drinking some near beer tonight, and I was hanging out as Batman.
2: The Sun's Jam Session, subreddit stakeout. Where is she?
1: He's back, huh? Yes,
2: I thought it was time to make a comeback up in Utah. So the first question I had to ask, besides, where is she? Was, what are your thoughts on the sun's new uniforms? Once again, it was positive. Somebody responded to my request on subreddit for the jazz. and They said, pretty good, actually. I like their old 90s stuff a lot. John Collins looks like his dad was a preacher. Stop playing 15 feet away from Kevin fucking Durant. (laughs) Our defense looks as energetic as a pregame practice for an all-star game. That was a
0: good one. That's a good observation on their defense. And then our defense, uh, the Suns defense sucked.
2: <clears throat> Phoenix has plumbers on their bench. I think all we have to do is get a, to get a win is just stay within reach for the first 75% of the game, and their starters will be gassed by the fourth quarter. The world does not need a Willy Wonka origin story.
1: <laughs> what a great comment that is! Are they talking about the court?
0: No, the fucking there's a Willy Wonka origin story fucking movie coming out. <laughs> so somebody saw the commercial and they're like the world doesn't need. <laughs> it's such a great comment. I was dying laughing reading that one.
2: <clears throat> um Durant and Booker go out, Gordon lights it up. Durant comes back in, doesn't miss. What the fuck are you supposed to do? Somebody said lose. <laughs> I kind of understand why they say Durant is the best scorer of all time. This is him post Achilles tear as a grandpa. Katie is playing and shooting sliders on 99. Like what the fuck is happening? When is Eric Gordon finally going to retire? That dude has been hurting us and haunting us forever. It feels like the last comment. Which I liked. It's liberating not to have to claim that Devin Booker is. Or oh, fuck that up. <clears throat> it's liberating to have to to not have to claim that Donovan is better than Book. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was your subreddit stakeout. The Sun's jam session subreddit stakeout.
0: Their fans, <laughs> their fans were like, "What?" Well, here's what's interesting. Okay. Think about Utah. This is, as we know, because we've been living on their subreddits fucking forever. Um, they're always talking about how Donovan Mitchell was better than Booker and, you know, be- just for obvious reasons. Yeah. And there was like no Booker hate at all on a subreddit. And typically when you're on a subreddit, like you get some Booker hate. It's just kind of, it comes with the territory. Uh, but I was really surprised there was no Booker hate in this one.
1: Yeah, I think they just kind of realized, too, that their team's kind of stinky a little bit, too. Um, They don't really have that matchup like a Donovan Mitchell anymore to go head-to-head, so it doesn't really bother you as much. So, Very true.
0: I guess. They got Keontae George now, who turned into fucking Dame Lillard in, like, the second (laughs) quarter. (laughs) Someone said
1: on Twitter, it was like the Jordan, or what did they say? It was a Cam Reddish version 2.0, where, like, the Lakers, the last in-season tournament game where Cam Reddish just went off, and Keon Johnson, or George, does it again.
0: Keontae, uh yeah, he was three or six from Beyond <laughs> the Ark. And entering this game, he was 30%. You know, like he he was so he's not a good he, he's a, he's a rookie, and of course he just kind of yeah. shows up uh and makes it happen. Uh Adam Cooper, John, you sound like Jesse Ventura. <laughs> you do. Um uh Brian says the Batman voice is kind of good. Where is she? Uh, I appreciate that. Someone says, best stakeout yet. Okay. Everyone likes the Batman stakeout. Yeah, when I the, go Batman, Batman.
1: the first one was awesome. It was amazing. I have. Uh, you say, I usually like different.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I thought where? someone just walked in the in the no, room. I'm, just, I'm looking up at like my uh, up in my closet is all of my different uh, outfits that I like to wear for Suburban stakeout. I don't think I have it up there. I got it. I do have a, like a full on Batman mask that like goes over my head and everything. I, I think it would be. Uh, Hard to put on though in this in the small amount of time. Yeah, you that need I like have. a smoke
1: machine too, and you Just know, dim out, the buddy. lights and stuff. Get really into it. Where is she?
0: Yeah, I'll get into it. Dim the lights. Turn the lights down low. That's what dimming the lights means.
2: Jam star of the game.
0: Gamsters, uh, if you're watching along live, let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. If you're watching on Instagram on Instagram live, Hey, welcome aboard. It's awesome. We're finally there. We made it. If you're not following us on Instagram, we're at sun's jam. We've been there for a long, long time. We just finally figured out how to stream to it. Actually Googled it one day. I was like, Hey, fucking about time. Uh, (laughs) Why not? Uh, Matthew, I think it's my turn to go first for jam star of the game. And I think it's a no brainer. It's the, the man who scored 38 points on 22 total shots and hit a dagger three he went six of eight from beyond the arc and i will say i won money tonight on him and that is kevin fucking durant he once again gets my jam star of the game taking a look at my own my notes here this is the fourth time i've given it to katie what about you what do you think
1: let me give it to katie too it's a little disappointing the perfect game to keep up you know i know uh chris paul did that once right in the playoffs That would have been great, right? KD not missing, but you know, he takes too many shots for that. And his shots sometimes are deep, deep three, triple covered, double covered, whatever. Mm -hmm. So he's going to miss one or one or one or a few. So
0: one or one or four.
1: (laughs) One or four, or what did he miss? Actually, seven? Yeah, Yeah, seven total. Six from eight from three, dude. Like that's that's real. It's insane. And like you said, like you always say, it's just so much fun to watch him on your team.
0: It really is. It's so much fun. It's just he's a uh, he's a run killer. It's another thing that I had in my notes. Is he's a run killer? Like the Jazz would put up six points, and KD would just come down, just like sink a shot, like seventeen footer. You're just like, ah, it's so nice taking a look at what some of the Jamsters are saying in the chat. You have Harry Pat Venus KD Francisco C KD 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 C L Oracle KD. Is the jam star AJW KD? Scheinbach KD? Coda Kid KD? Francisco C again, Durantula. Michael Kolb, one of the best KD games he's ever seen. All right, KD tonight, but Booker damn from Sunsphere 83. Uh, Fumar El Oso KD? Scheinbach KD pissing in the defender's face at the three. <laughs> for the three seriously of the game. He, it's right yeah, up there right that was that was fantastic uh jason sanchez k diddy um renzo gives it to tarantula david ray gives it to kd uh Liz, <laughs> jam says lissy wants to give it to jock <laughs> uh, I try and, it. We are, and we are getting uh, a little love for drew eubanks but is it's res i think uh kd and Gary King, kind of diabetes to have? It's easy money oh. sniper, and K and Kip gives it to the KDB block. So yeah, KDB had a, a big block good game in the, the game. You're gonna have to change the graphic below us and take Beal out of it. Um...
1: <laughs> Why? I don't you don't think he'll earn a Jamstar this year. He's not on the. He's not
0: on the <laughs> team, man. He's not on the team. <laughs> Uh any other notes that you have? I know that you were writing the mm-hmm. recap for Bright Side of the Sun so you might not have been taking yeah. notes simultaneously, but if you if you did, uh what do you yeah, what, some, do you, what do you got?
1: Uh, extra notes. Just like KBD is definitely he's feeling himself offensively, I think. There's a spurt there. I think he scored like five straight points or so. Like he was just he was really feeling himself in the paint, adjusting to the fouls, drawing the fouls and really Having, you know, a wide open look at the rim and just taking his time, looking bookish a little bit, just taking his time.
0: I yes, think that's one thing that's really sticking out. Minutes.
1: It's under the radar, dude, because, like, when these guys come out, there's a stretch where there's no book, no KD. That's when he kind of shines, and um, that was big for him, big for his confidence. I just think that this whole bench unit, all the role players right now, they've been consistent two games in a row, and it's not. it doesn't have to be every player. But there's always guys, it's spurts here or there that really step up, so you saw it again tonight.
0: Yeah, KBD, the only negative that he had is he got called for some bullshit fouls, man. like He had three he fouls did. early, and yeah. they were all bullshit. They we were, could have gone either he, way.
1: He was arguing, like, it's out of bounds our way. He's like, wait, it's a foul? Wait. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about, Willis? Yeah, yeah
0: that, that, what, what, what are you talking about, Willis? Uh, another guy who we don't get to play his drop pretty often, so I'm going to play it's
1: it. Nah, <laughs>
0: Nasty with me? Sear Little provided playing 11 tonight, two or three from the field, one or two from beyond the arc, a steal, or I'm sorry, a rebound and assist only five points. I thought they were productive minutes. And the three that he hit was big for the Phoenix in that stretch, because that was a stretch where I believe Katie had gone to sit down. It was that Booker lineup. And you just need some guys to feed off Devin Booker. And if he can hit an occasional three like that, I'm all for it. So I thought those were some good minutes as well.
1: Oh, hell yeah. It's good to see him out there. You want to see more of him. And I think we did mention yes. too, like you'll start to see a little bit more of him coming into the lineup because um Frank Vogel wants to see these guys, you know, play five or six games together and then kind of maybe implement a little other guys in there just a little bit mm-hmm. but you saw it tonight and i think you'll see more and more of him i think because they're good minutes it's kind of like abd he started to like pile up those good good minutes you need from him little i can see the same thing happening
0: yeah i can as well because he's got that length uh and again if he can become a better off-ball defender i think he really provides some value for this team so we'll see and we'll see this the Suns again playing against the Jazz. This will be on Sunday, 6 p.m. Arizona time. I would preview the matchup, but we just played this team. There's nothing uh, I can really preview. I'm like, alright, so let me tell you about this Keon, Keon, Keon George, K-George, I don't know his name. <laughs> just razzing you a little bit. Uh, Who wins this
1: game, Matthew? I think the Suns win again. I think they yeah. do. I'm, there was like some them. unfinished business, business tonight. Like it's, it's like the Suns, obviously, it went down to the wire, but Those runs the Suns went on. I think they'll finish it off tomorrow night or Sunday and they'll make it an easier win.
0: I think that there's a lot of things that Frank Vogel can sit and look to and say, Hey, we need to play better defense. The jam session guys were fucking riding my nuts on this. I'm supposed to be a defensive coach. Void has started talking about how we're bad defensive rating. We're 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 in the middle of the pack. We're in the middle of the pack defensively right now. This team needs to step up a little bit. We are 12 games in, and I know that we've been missing Booker at times and Beal at times, but the rest of the rotations have, for the most part, been pretty solid. Those guys need to start developing some defensive chemistry. I did see Yusuf Nurkic communicate on defense a couple times, moving defenders to where they, he- they should be in front of him to better suit him. That's big stuff for the Phoenix Suns. So hopefully with this kind of baseball style, we're staying in your town back-to-back, Poor sons though. They gotta go to like the fucking lamest city to go. No offense to everyone from Utah. Um, but offense. Uh they have to go to like the lamest city to do a back to back. like, dude, they can't even like enjoy a Saturday yeah. in Utah. You,
1: you know, it keeps them out of trouble unless they're in the horses fair and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Drew Eubanks is fucked. He's gonna be out there just riding horses and shit off into the I guess sunset. his animal
1: is a horse. He 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 definitely looks like a horse. I'm not saying it's not offensive. Like, I look like a turtle, I forget what you look no,
0: like. No, no. uh Chipmunk. Chipmunk. Chip-
1: yeah, like everyone has their animal. We're Kelly, all, Kelly, oh, Ubre looks like a horse. Animal. Yes, he does. But you yeah. makes I guess. I met
0: Olenek. <laughs> oh, Olenek has got a horse face. Anyways, oh, too beautiful. All right. On, on, yeah, he's too beautiful. On that note, Jamsters, again, thanks for hanging out with us. Wherever you're watching this, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or Instagram now, we appreciate it. Hit a thumbs up subscribe, do whatever you want. Don't, I don't care. Uh, if you're watching us, we appreciate it. Bar none. The best way to support the podcast is simply by watching us. So we'll be coming to you live Sunday night after the suns beat the jazz, hopefully for the second consecutive time and get over that hump. We'd be seven and six. If we can beat them, get over 500 and then start rolling some games together. We play Portland on Tuesday, followed by the warriors on Wednesday, yep. both at home. And then we play, memphis on friday at like 2 30 in the afternoon on black friday so uh on that note jamsters I, that's all i gotta say matthew do you want to mispronounce Keontae george's one name last one time or you just want to no just i just want
1: to say uh, go home and love your damn horses you <laughs>